Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Cinemites Podcast, the show where we usually take two different movies every episode and pit them against each other in a series of different categories, debating and then rating them to see which one is ultimately the better movie. Um, my name is Callum Altimus, and I am your host. And joining me as he does every week is my absolutely sensational co-host, Mr. Nathan Hanna. How are you doing? Well, I don't feel like I can deserve that kind of praise. Especially I mean, you're my boss, so... If anything, I'm suspicious. When it yeah, that's probably to... the nicest thing I've ever said to you, to be that's fair. probably one of the nicest things you've ever said to me. <laughs> is it because I've been putting the work in on the social medias? Is that why you yeah. said it? Yeah, to be fair, my uh, my brother, um, he actually messes the podcast Instagram page. I don't know if you saw it, but then I was speaking to him afterwards in, uh, on Facebook, and I said, like, because he was so impressed with it, and I was like, oh, it was definitely and he was like, well, tell him he's fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> he's always had a way with words as my uh, my brother con but yeah he's, his words are like he's a fucking beast or something like that yeah, yeah I saw it afterwards and he messaged because after he messaged you like must have responded to him and then he messaged again to the same chat and I'm like oh cheers did he? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see the second one yeah, so no this week's obviously we're recording so the other two aren't out yet but the, the three weeks I was actually pretty happy with we'll see what the next one's come like yeah um, yeah so this week we're going back for another round of the category carnage because we had such a good time last time and quite a few people that have listened have um I've spoken to and they they really enjoyed it and we got some good feedback on that and uh we thought might as well and we did the Marvel cinematic cinematic universe last time so we thought why not jump across the uh the competition and take on the DC films um this time out obviously the DC EU or is it the DCU now with James Gunn, I'm not really sure. There's not enough movies there, so we've decided to do across the board every DC um, cinematic release. Yeah. And just see how we get on with that. Um, I don't really think there's any, too much to dive into. We'll quickly explain the rules again, as we did last time, in case no one listened. Uh, not no one. In case you didn't listen to that one. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is we've got, we've got 10 different categories. We're going to take it in turns... Uh, selecting from those categories, and we're going to take, we're going to have to pick a specific DC movie to fit that sort of like mold and those categories. And to make it interesting, and we've decided we can't pick the same movies and we can't use the same movie more than once. It's hard to do this with most like franchises. So we've been discussing different ways to do this, but we're quite lucky with like the comic book movies, they've just been pumping them out at a relentless rate recently. So we've got more than enough options here. Um, we'll have to decide who goes first again because this could be very interesting. Get the best pick out of the way. The best pick. I, I see. This is interesting. I don't know what I'd take first right now if I get the first pick. Here's the thing. As soon as we did Marvel, and it was so easy because obviously Marvel's easily, easily lovable. And then we said we'd do DC and we thought, oh, that's a great idea. And then I literally walked away from you thinking, I actually don't really like DC that much. <laughs> Just shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, a few, a few st- I think it's going to be a bit harder but we'll see, we'll see how we get on I think for me I've always been um, more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy so the top upper like, end of DC I think is as good as it gets but the, there's some real lows as well like once we get past those first three or four categories I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a slog trying yeah. to find just things yeah. anywhere Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, to make it fair then, we'll do the trusty rock, paper, scissors on camera and I'll keep my hand in shot this time just to see right, who gets the uh, first pick. Again, 
rock, paper, scissors, go, or rock, yeah. paper, scissors, get ready? Yeah. Ready? Rock, One, two, rock, paper, scissors, go. Oh, oh we did that a lot of time. Ready? Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, go. Oh, you get first pick again. Fuck. Some, there's some meddling going on here. I'm sure of it. Yeah, right. um, yeah I'd, to be honest, I didn't know what I'd go with first anyway. So I feel like this makes my decision a little easier. So without any more babbling, let's get started then and reveal your category in your first movie choice. Right. And I'll keep track of all the categories again because... Yeah, that's probably best because I'm useless yeah. at that sort of thing. I'm going to just... Uh, I actually don't know. I'm going to do score. Best score. To get it out of the way. And it will take a big film off the board very, very quickly. <laughs> but I'm going to do best score and I'm going to go the, the most obvious one. Superman. You son of a bitch! <laughs> Do you know that's not even like just my favorite superhero theme ever. I think that's my favorite movie theme ever. I think it's just one of the best pieces of music of all time. Like I'm a massive Star Wars fan, and the Superman theme and the Star Wars theme sound very similar. But there's something about the Superman theme that just you can't help but feel fucking pumped up about it. It's literally perfect and and the problem with every single superman anything in that's been since will never compare like i love man of steel and i love man of steel soundtrack but the the superman theme is unbeatable it's unbeatable there's literally no other score that you could say that would make me go yeah you've come out on top on this one cal so out of the bat, not only am I taking Superman off the board <laughs> by picking its music, which I could have used any of the four Christopher Reeve ones because it's the same music. I could have used Quest for Peace and uh, and taken that one off the board, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by being a right dick. <laughs> yeah, you fucking antagonise me immediately. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting point you bring up though because it is in the other three films, so there is like. You're not allowed I'm to not pick going, and that's what I'm saying. I don't I feel like it'd be almost cheating to just take Superman <laughs> three and use that same shit. So I'm not gonna do that as much as it pains me because that, like I said, I think aside from Back to the Future, that John Williams Superman theme is probably my it's at least top two favorite like movie scores ever. So and I'll back to the future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's it, those are my two. Um, I, I was talking yeah. to Eleanor about it uh, yesterday when I told her that we were doing uh, the DC movies and I said that was one of the ones I was really intent on getting. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the only ones I was like, I need that one. So you fucked me up immediately. So. I think it's interesting. You tell Eleanor what you're doing. I'm like, Grace is like, so what's the next episode? I'm like, like and follow this. Like and follow the page to find out. It's because she saw the um, the Instagram story thing. So she was like, "What's this about?" And she said it looked all right, and I was like, "She thought at first it was just like a Superman based episode," um, but I told her it was more DC, and she was giving me her options, like what she'd pick, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not taking any of them." <laughs> Gal Gadot is not the best main character. She actually suggested using the Flash in one of the categories. So, well, I might... might still do that. Who knows? Um, right, best score. I've just been fucking waffling because I don't really know what to do now because that was the only yeah. one in my head. Um, there's another so really is, 
Audio this is a film I wanted in a very specific category, but now I can't. So I'm going to have to take it in best score, and that's the 1989 Batman thing. Yeah. Uh, it's iconic. I think you hear it, and there's obviously uh, in the future that sort of uh, score has been had a made like a huge impact on Batman. And you look at the Batman animated series in the 90s, and you can hear the inspiration in it from that movie. And there's not many opening like themes like that Batman one that just resonate with you. Even years later now, you hear it and you know exactly where it's from. It's obviously not fucking Superman, but it's as iconic a Batman theme as there is, I think. Obviously, everyone remembers or even now knows the 60s TV show theme, but that uh, 1989 Tim Burton one, it's, it's as good as it gets, I think. So, yeah, I had to go with that. But it is hard because I did have... 89 Batman in a different category that I'm going to have to switch up now. I think that's the problem with DC. Like Marvel, there's a lot of other choices for a lot of other good moments, but with DC, it's very rare. So if you take a good one off the board, we're fucked later on down the line. Yeah. But what I, what somebody once told me, um, <clears throat> the Batman and the Superman theme <clears throat> are quite similar in like how they make you feel. But the Superman theme is makes you feel like you can literally do anything. And the Batman theme, when you listen to it, makes you feel like I'm going to get shit done. So I, I, every time I hear it, I, that's what every time I hear those two, that's why I always think like Superman, I can fucking do anything, and Batman, I'm about to get shit done. So if you ever if if you ever near the office and the Batman's being played, it's because I'm in the in the zone. It's funny you should say that actually because my first shift um, when I started working at the cinema, uh, obviously I was a little nervous. I'd only just moved to the area at the time; I didn't really know anyone. And when my first day, and I was walking in. I was in a screen. Um, I think on my own at the time cleaning now, I was still a bit nervous. And as I was coming out, the Superman theme started playing. I was like, nah, fuck this, we're going, we're doing this. <laughs> but I look back, one Rick of the finest employees you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll say that. So, yeah, we'll say that. But uh, right, switching up then. What am I gonna go with now? I had there was there was three I had at the beginning in my head that I knew I wanted to pick from, and I didn't know which one to go first. That was one of them for obvious reasons. Um this next one. I'm going to have to take now because I don't think it gets better and I'm going best sequel with The Dark Knight. Okay. Because I think not just one of the best comic book sequels, but I think you could put that in your top five best sequels ever. I think compared to Batman Begins, which was a good film, don't get me wrong, but the way it just improved pretty much everything apart from uh, Rachel Dawes, I still believe Katie Holmes was better, but I think that's because I'm in love with her from Dawson's Creek. But you look at um, the fight scenes you look at Heath Ledger as the Joker which you've got controversial opinions about I've got a little controversial opinion about but I still think he's good um, yeah, I'm not saying look I'm Aaron saying. Eckhart as Two-Face absolutely fantastic in my opinion I think he's one of the most underrated villain performances ever I love Harvey Dent and I think Aaron Eckhart did a great job I think everyone in that movie was fantastic we got Brian from The Breakfast Club as a TV reporter fucking sign me up I love that or more of that um, and I think that massive role in the movie hey, I don't really mind as long as Brian showed up I mean it's better than when he showed up in Halloween Hills and he, he was like the angry mob leader oh, yeah. and then got smashed yeah. to pieces but um, yeah I think I rewatched The Dark Knight I think maybe in May when it, they showed it at the cinema I went with my friend Simo we spoke about it in the first episode of the podcast and Every time I watch it, and especially watching on the big screen, it, it felt it got better. And it's one of the very r- rare five-star comic book movies for me. So I think 
there was obviously other categories I could have taken this in, but as far as sequels go, I don't think there's a single one in any comic book franchise better than this, so I have to take The Dark Knight. What are you going to do for Better Villain now? Oh, I've got that sorted, don't worry. See, originally, that's where I was going to go with... Oh, you see, confident means I'm going to pick Better Villain next. <laughs> 89 was where I was originally going to go Better Villain. <coughs> so a different Joker. Yeah, I was thinking Jack Nicholson, but what can you well, do, eh? I want to go Suicide Squad and pick uh, Jared Lyle. Um <laughs> oh, Yeah, I mean, The Dark Knight's great. It's the quint- one of the quintessential sequels in it. Whenever you talk, when people say sequels aren't as good, but that one is the example of how it is done better. I will... Well, not better, because I actually prefer the Batman Begins over the Dark Knight. That's one of my biggest controversial opinions when it comes that to... That is straight-up garbage. First of all, fuck you. <laughs> do you know, that's a good idea we could do, though, in future. We do one of these. Just sequel movies. Oh yeah. Oh. Because I think you look at the top... Huh? No, making a note. Yeah, get it down. But yeah, I think Dark Knight is probably one of the top five. It's obviously alongside, like, Empire and Terminator 2 and stuff like that. I think you could have a stacked list there, so that makes sense. We should do that at some point. Okay. Let's stall for a little bit while I think of best sequel. See, I've got one where it's going to make it's going to make people angry. <laughs> what, you think taking Hawkeye first as best hero didn't? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, oh fuck. I'm going to... Oh, no, I know what I'm going to do. Batman Returns. Yeah, that's a good shout. So I will, I nearly took something I loved off the off the board, but um, yeah, Batman Returns is a great movie, and it's it. I like you've got Tim Burton movies, and then you've got proper Tim Burton movies, and Batman Returns is a full on Tim Burton movie. Um, the aesthetic of it all, the design of everything, the Penguin is oh fuck, I can't use the Penguin now. <laughs> Piss. Um, the Penguin is. Such a great character played by Danny DeVito, obviously. Um, and Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is less said about that, the better. Yeah, it it, yeah. it walks something, I think. Yeah, definitely. And had Tim Burton carried on doing Batman movies, I think that they would have been they would have continually got better and better because he would have gone even weirder and even weirder. Um, even yeah, I, I love. Like it's like the 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 duck car that's so iconic and and everything that he does and I think I think Keaton's better in it in the second one than he is in the first one. Yeah, that's that's a, I mean that's a fair take, man. I think watching him bounce off with Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, that chemistry, I think it was just a bit better than Vicky Vale in the first one, and I think yeah. that helped him. Yeah, and I think it was more comfortable in the quite literally in the suit and as the character. Um, and it's annoying because everybody always kind of goes Batman 89 is the quintessential Batman movie but I actually do prefer Batman Returns and I wish he kind of channeled Batman Returns a little bit more in the trash that he was just in uh, than if than just trying to recreate what he did in 89 the trash yeah, I think all the 89's got on top of it is Nicholson I might have you defend it Cal no don't worry I'm a I won't be bringing it to the table today, I don't think. But I think all 89's got is Nicholson compared to um, Batman Returns. But other than that, I can see where you were coming from. Um, so what category are you going with next? I'm going to 
because you seem so confident in villain, I'm going to try and get mine in so that you can Oh, no, actually, I've just used... Shit. Shit, and I want to use that somewhere else. Ah, uh, shit. No, villain. I'm going to go the Riddler from... Robert Pattinson's The Batman. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. That wasn't what I had, but that is good. Not Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, not quite Jesus. But, yeah, it's such... Like, everybody praises Christopher Nolan for keeping things down to earth. And whenever you talk about Nolan's trilogy, you talk about how it could really happen. Like, people say that could really happen. It could, that could be the real world. But then you think of, like, Ninja Assassins and fear gas and a guy having half his face blown off and still still being able to survive looking like with his eye socket fully out and it's not really grounded whereas the batman is properly grounded and the riddler like being like a unabomber like um zodiac killer type type person was it was a definitely a choice and a definitely a turn and a completely changing of the character that made him super 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 interesting um also some of the best like funny moments in such a dark film is when like they find the thumb drive and it's got the thumb attached to it like having that kind of fun fun twist still on the character it's like a really sick sense of humor and all of all the cards and <clears throat> my favorite thing about i remember watching the batman in cinema it was a very strange day but i remember watching the batman in cinema and like the opening of the film it's got the binoculars and you and it's watching that all happen and you kind of think oh batman's taking somebody out and it turns out to be the riddler and then when he kind of appears in the in the office at the beginning um it's like right all oh, right this is a very different riddler than what we're used to in comics tv shows cartoons and obviously jim carrey um but yeah riddler man such a such a great interpretation of the character and we are really starting off with a strong one so i don't know where we're going to get to get to by the end of the episode <laughs> yeah that riddler one that oh because i went to the midnight release for that ba the batman and that opening scene in the riddler it was almost like a horror movie like yeah. the way he just appeared behind him with this horrible looking mask it was so good and paul dano's obviously incredible and very underrated so that's a oh, good choice the actor's name. yeah fantastic yeah that, that probably be a good show. I think the um, last, I think the only other film I watched him in before that I knew that he was in before the Batman was Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> so which is very different. Very, very different turn of uh, character he played. And then less than a year later, he played Steven Spielberg's dad in The Fableman. So very different again. Um, right, best villain. I had this one. I, I already knew who I was going with. Um, and luckily, it's still on the table, and that is Terence Stamp's General Zod from Superman Two. Okay. Because I think, as as iconic as characters go, his version of Zod is just legendary. Like the phrase, the the kneel before Zod phrase, people still remember that now. And he was just so like, obviously, he showed up at the beginning of the first Superman movie, and. He, even in the little limited team uh, screen time he had then, it was like, oh, who the fuck's this guy? Yeah. And then he obviously promised he'd come back and they filmed the second one, I think pretty much back to back with the first. Um, so seeing him come back in that second one and just fucking wreaking havoc on Earth with his cronies, it was so good. And the way he like spoke, it like exuded that sort of confidence. Like it was so intimidating. We haven't really even seen him do much. Like... Yeah. 
when he first arrived and it was kind of just like the way he talked about the president and the stuff and it was like he was just like so arrogant and confident and it was quite like scary to watch and obviously Terence Stamp did such a good job when they brought Smallville out years later he got to voice um, Joel and he has an iconic voice that you, I, I can hear, hear his voice anywhere and I instantly know it is he's got one of those voices and I think for me this is a controversial opinion for me I think I prefer Superman 2 to the original Superman. I think the original Superman's iconic for a lot of reasons, but I think Lex Luthor is a little disappointing in that movie. I think the actual plot is it's very cartoony. Like, he wants to just destroy, like, a large portion of land because he wants to make real estate. Like, yeah. Whereas Superman 2, it felt like the um, it got a little bit more intense and everything kind of upped its game and it, the stakes were a little higher with Zod. And I think because of that, it just made him such a memorable villain that they never quite recaptured, especially in that era of Superman afterwards with Nuclear Man, for Christ's sake. So... <laughs> yeah, say it's no Superman 3. Though Superman 1 does have one of the best lines, like one of the best quotes in all of the um, Christopher Reeve Superman movies. And it's when he first gets changed... And he comes out and the guy on the street's like, that guy stole that guy's clothes. <laughs> yeah, there's there's obviously reasons why Superman 1's iconic and I love it to pieces and Christopher Reeve is just the best. But I think the villain in 2 was much better and the story was a little bit more entertaining. So yeah, I, think I went with Zod as my villain. That's really interesting because I was, I'm trying to save it for somewhere else, but I was going to say Zod from Man of Steel as my really? villain. Because I love Michael Shannon's performance. Oh, I wish I picked that now so we'd had Zod against Zod. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Yeah, Terry Stamp's Zod again is one of them where it's it's the way he's portrayed the character has shaped that character for for so many years to come. And you can't kind of like even um even Man of Steel has a moment where he's, he's like not saying Neil before Zod, but he's essentially he's alluding to the Neil scene and it's I don't know if that's a comics thing. It more than likely is, but it's become iconic because of how he how he did it. So good, good pick on that one. Good pick on that one. Yeah, and I think you hear that phrase and you hear it in his voice because even in Smallville, when they had a younger version of Zod, he didn't even quite say that phrase. Like it was, it was a little bit different, and I think that was because it's not, not like it's trademarks, but like that's that's Terrence Stamps like thing, and anyone saying it afterwards just feels a bit more like a cheap imitation of it. So yeah, I had to get that one done. Um, Agreed. Where right. are you going? I'm going hero now, and I'm not being around the bush. I'm going Christopher Reeve in Superman three because there's no fucking way that I'm not having Christopher three. Reeve. Yeah, well, it's either that or four. I have to take him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, oh, Christopher yeah. Reeve as Superman we've is. We've used one and two, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, Christopher Reeve Superman is the greatest superhero casting of all time for me. I think he is iconic, and he perfectly embodies who the man of steel is and when i think of superman that's who i think of and i always will i think even him in superman 3 which isn't a great film and especially in 4 which is an even worse film he's, he's better than you what sorry he's not that bad but no. i might be as a child watching it thinking this is okay yeah well free they introduced richard Pryor as like the comedic element and the villains were like some like three sibling scientists I think and it was just a bit weird but I think him at his worst Superman film is still better than almost any other iteration of Superman I've ever seen like he just captures everything about the character 
And despite the fact it's been like 40 years, over 40 years, should I say, since we've seen him in a Superman film, that's who I still think of when people mention Superman. Like that's who I'll always picture. And it's going to take a lot for anyone ever to like outdo him, I think. Even seeing him in Smallville, like essentially passing the torch to Tom Welling when he came in as the scientist who explained to Clark that he was from Krypton. And he gave the blessing as for Tom Welling and Smallville. He like, he essentially did pass the torch and he was like saying, this guy's got next. And uh, I I can talk for hours about how much I love Christopher Reeve. So I'm, I'm going to cut it off there. But yeah, even though it's not the one of the best ones, I had to get in somewhere. There was no, I would have felt wrong if I picked anyone over Christopher Reeve Superman for the My Best Hero. Well, obviously not just Superman, but Clark Kent as well. He defined Clark Kent as well to the point where anybody who doesn't, pretend to be Christopher Reeve when doing Superman, like people shit on it. Um, uh, Superman 3 is a good, actually a good pick for it because not only does he do good Superman and I'm the villain, he also does like the, <laughs> he's drinking at the bar and he's just doing, creating an oil spill for shits and giggles. Yeah, flicking peanuts into like glasses and smashing his pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fucking terrible film. You could I do you, like that scene though when they do the fight, the bad Superman versus good Superman. Yeah. I think that's well done for what for when it was made. I think that was quite well. Does he does he win by putting him in a like trash compactor or something? I think he chokes him unconscious, so he disappears when he's strangling him. Nice. Yeah, it's quite that's dark, the, really. That's the good one. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, like you said though, him as Clark Kent is just fucking iconic, and the way I think it's in the second one when. He switches things up and he's speaking as Clark and then he immediately turns it into Superman. You can see such... You don't even really realise it until he switches the voice. Like, even the tone of his voice just sounds different. And him as Clark's fucking hilarious. That first one when he catches the bullet and pretends to faint, it's it's so fucking good. I, I love him so much. And he is, again, like you said, the perfect Clark and the perfect Superman for me. All right. Is this where I bring in Barry Allen? No, it's not. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go controversial, and it'll be fun to see reactions to this one. I but know, I'm, it's coming. Dear? I think so. Dear? I'm going to go Henry Cavill, Superman. I thought that was where it was going, yeah. I, I mean, you've got to settle for what you've got, what's left, I suppose. Fuck you. I, <laughs> I wore this hoodie on purpose. I love... Man of Steel. Man of Steel is still to this day and will always be my favourite DC movie. It's the exact kind of Superman story that I love as much as people hate it. I don't think it's dark and dour like most people do. I, I think it's more, it is more human. I mean, there's this, that stupid bit where it's like, don't save me, there's a tornado, but don't save me, there you could. But that could have been handled a bit better. But Henry Cavill is probably to me what you think of as Christopher Reeve like Henry Cavill is my Superman um he just plays it with this really strong sense of vulnerability like you can tell everything he's doing has that decision that decision's weighing on him even when he's you know when he flies down and he hands himself into the authorities just to talk he, and he he's quite he's quite blunt in the fact that look I can escape anytime. I'm here with your courtesy, but he's it shows that he's the 
he's a good guy. He wants to help people and wants to do all that. No, he's not saving a cat from a tree, but who does in uh, 2009? Is that when the film was released? I can't remember. 2013. 13. Christ. That's a long time ago. <laughs> 10 years. Uh, good point. That's a very good point. I'm sure it was a... Oh, no, no. Batman Begins is what I'm thinking of. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean... And in the sequels, obviously, he does get a bit. It does get a bit darker in the sequels, and until the good version of Justice League comes out, and it gets a bit more lighthearted. Um, but yeah, there's just the, even though it is more serious than Christopher Reeve, because you can't be any left any more camp than Christopher Reeve Superman. Like it, I think it's a really realistic tone of what Superman would be in the modern era, and I, I really, really love it. And Henry Cavill has been done dirty so many times by WB and fans and people who like just want to hate Zack Snyder for the sake of hating Zack Snyder and all that kind of stuff. And so I think he deserves a little bit of love and he is and will always be unless this new guy knocks out of the park, which I don't think he's got a big, he's got big trunks to fill, shall we say. Um, but yeah, it's, Cavill's my Superman, and I will not have any slander. So you say a bad word about him, and I will fucking walk out. <laughs> well, that make my episode a lot easier. I get to pick everything I want. <laughs> no, I actually don't dislike Henry Cavill. I really like Henry Cavill as Superman. So much so that when he showed up at the end of Black Adam, I was so happy. Because I think he hasn't had a fair shake. Man of Steel is a good film, which I never quite understood all the hate it got. It was obviously very different to the Superman we had before, that sometimes change is necessary. And with what the the time period it came out, it did make sense for it to be a bit more like realistic and down to earth, which is quite hard to do about an alien, but we gave it a good go. And even like, there's a lot of criticism about the Jonathan Kent scene, which I fucking hate. Like that, that stuff never made sense to me. Like the whole essence of Jonathan Kent dying is the heart attack that teaches Superman he can't save everyone. Like, the, the tornado shit where he could move as fast that no one could see him. What the fuck are we doing here? But the Zod scene at the end, <laughs> I don't understand the hate that gets. No. Because that makes sense to me. It's yeah. he did he did what I do, and then it shows how upset he is. And people are like, no, we don't like a Superman that kills. Well, you best not watch Superman 2 then, because he throws them motherfuckers down like some pit in the fortress show to, so I don't want to tell you. And I think that's the that's I don't know what's changed over time, but it's that just like, oh no, Superman doesn't kill. Like, since when? He's been killing for years. Like, yeah. comics, films, TV shows, cartoons, he has been killing. Same with Batman, this no kill rules coming all of a sudden. And it's like, well, <clears throat> Keaton killed, very obviously. And, but it's just, I think it's just a hating for the sake of hating. And also, like, Man of Steel came out as Marvel was like starting to peak and, it was very, very different tones and people, Marvel, obviously Marvel was really, really successful and I think people wanted just that, but but Superman and and I think a lot of people forget that Man of Steel came out right after the Dark Knight trilogy and it, Christopher Nolan was a, I think a producer, an executive, executive producer on the first Man of Steel, but then they'll say, oh, Nolan knows what he's doing. But when it came to Man of Steel, all of a sudden it's Zack Snyder's fault. And it's, it's not true because they worked really, really closely to the point where it even hints that Man of Steel t- took place in the Dark Knight 
universe until they kind of switched it up for the sequel. So I don't know. People are fucking weird, and I'll fight them every single day. Fuck you, Cavill's the best. I won't fight them because it'll probably batter you. To be fair. Um, oh, oh yeah, sure, mate. Sure. <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the people that argue these things online. I can't tell. <laughs> Ethan Bernie's probably giving you beef. Um, Ethan Bernie can shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think it's your pick now, isn't it? Are you choosing the category now? Oh, it is. Yeah. What What have we actually picked so far? I can't remember already. We've done score, sequel, villain, and main character. I've only done four. Shit, and it feels shallow already. Don't tell me about it. So I'm going to go best costume. Yeah, good show. And your mate Simo can go fuck himself. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm picking Batman versus Superman, and I'm going in. Uh, ben Affleck's Batman, specifically the not the armored Batman suit, but the actual Batman suit with the huge fucking bat across his chest. It's all scratched to shit. He's got the tiny ears, which I love in a Batman. I love tiny ear Batman in any iteration because long ears just look fucking goofy as hell. And he is built like a brick shit house. And then it's like, it looks like the material is going to fucking rip off his body because Ben Affleck muscles is going to rip through. And it's that it's that that comic version of the Dark Knight like type suit that's it's the grey and the black and the tattiness of it and how big he is. It's all just perfect and it really really suits that version of the character as well where he is older and he is kind of angry about everything he's turned into the angry batman which is why he uses a fucking machine gun on the front of his batmobile um (laughs) um it's battered it's it's fucked up and it's beautiful i absolutely love it and again that batman ben affleck's my favorite batman and i will again fight fucking anybody um, especially you, Simo. And yeah, that Christian Bale shout was absolute garbage. Never met him. I'm happy to fight him over it. Wait, is he a big lad? Uh, back to you, probably. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill him with kindness. <laughs> um, and I kind of that's that's the Batman I wanted to see as well. And I think if we'd ever got the solo Batman movie that we was hoping for with Deathstroke and everything, it would have been that would have been one that people would have loved. Um, but unfortunately, our, our boy Ben Affleck just keeps getting thrown into shit situations as well. So, but yeah, Ben, ben Affleck, Batman from Batman versus Superman is... Mwah! Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's the best Batman, like live-action Batman suit we've ever seen. I I love the Ben Affleck Batman suit. And I agree with you, which won't happen often, but we do agree on... Ben Affleck's Batman is the best live-action Batman we've ever seen. I think he, similar to Cavill, just didn't really get a fair shake of things. So that would have been my choice. I don't know if I'd have taken it in Batman vs Superman, but I would have taken Ben Affleck's Batman suit, I think, if I could have squeezed it into the Flash. <laughs> Even though it's a little oh, different. One, the one with the fucking... Yeah, it's a little different, that one. Maybe that... uh, Justice League. Maybe if I could have squeezed Justice League, I'd have taken the Batman versus the, the, the Bat, Batfleck suit. Yeah. But instead, I'm going a little different here, and I am going to take Aquaman in Aquaman. Because I think, well, I really like that film anyway. Which version of the suit? The end, the gold and green at the end. Because I like the Aquaman film anyway, but I think that's what it did the best. I think it really fucking nailed that suit at the end. And it wasn't just his, which... I, 
don't be wrong, it was beautiful and it was iconic. And it, it was as good as you probably could have done that, I think. But also, I think Black Manta's costume was great. And um, Patrick Wilson's Orm, the Ocean Master, I think his suit was also really well done. So I think across the board, it just did. That was probably one of the like the, stre- the strengths of the movie, I think, is how great the costume design was. So that feels like a first. Like, it was it was difficult because I think I had Aquaman in a different category, but I got to switch up. And I'm, but I think looking at those three, and especially Jason Moore's Aquaman, because obviously we saw him in, um, we saw him a couple of times in that Justice League and briefly in Batman vs Superman, and that costume was a little darker. Which it was fine, but once we finally got that iconic bright gold and green, I think it looked fucking awesome. And I think it's as good as we could have got. So yeah, that was a fair cho- an easy choice for me, I think. Yeah, I think the bright the, the golden green is probably one of the more comic accurate suits modernized that actually looked really, really good. Um oh, yeah, so that was on my backups just to, just in case you'd have picked Man, uh, Batman versus Superman anywhere else. Um but yeah, the yeah, I really love that. I, I actually quite like the Aquaman film as well. Um, but that is definitely a highlight of when he gets it. And yeah, Ocean Masters, like that's another super comic-y one that looks good. And Black Manta's the fact that they managed to do Black Manta well um is good as well. But yeah, the, the golden green, really, really good. You're you're going now. Yeah. Uh, can I just say congratulations because out of the five categories we've done so far, we've done nothing but talk about Batman and Superman. <laughs> Aquaman is the first non-Batman or Superman pick. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> that says more about DC than us, I think. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to keep it going then and talk about someone else. I'm going to go best origin story, and I'm saying 2017's Wonder Woman. Ooh. Interesting. I think that film was fucking brilliant. The second one, not so much, but that first Wonder Woman film <laughs> set during the First World War, I think it was the perfect like way to introduce the character. We'd obviously seen her previously in Batman versus uh, Superman, but I think getting to see her experience the real world for the first time and the like, the the very genuinely funny moments that came from that, and then also seeing her in interactions with Steve Trevor who I think Chris Pine did a fucking great job there's obviously very similar parallels between Wonder Woman and Captain America the first Avenger which I'm pretty sure I took from my um, origin story in the MCU one so that fits the bill quite nicely (laughs) but I think aside from the disappointing final third where it turned into a bit of a CGI fest I think all of the World War One stuff and the um, Diana experience in England and hearing about what was going on in the world. I think it was all so well done. And especially that opening bit when the Nazis found Femiscira and the, the big the big yeah. battle on the beach stuff, it's fucking awesome. Like, it was just way, way, way better than I thought it would be. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was because we'd just come out of, I think it was the, the previous film was Batman versus Superman, I think, which I didn't mind, but it was also, there was bits I really didn't like. So my expectations weren't high at that point and then Wonder Woman just it blew me out of the fucking water I loved it so much so as far as what we've got left on the table I think that's the best origin story I can uh, come out with yeah I like Wonder Woman like until it gets the big CGI fight first that's that's one that really that's the bit that really really ruins that film for me but I am still able to watch it 
Um, that no man's land scene, by the way, one of the best scenes in the entire DCU. Yeah, I'm not even gonna argue on that one. It's fantastic. No. That was all I had to say. Mic drop moment. <laughs> it's done. Stop recording. We're done. Fuck it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, somehow Gal Gadot has gotten worse as Wonder Woman over time, and I think it really happened after the Joss Whedon version of Justice League. I feel like he did a bit of damage because any time after that, her Wonder Woman feels weird, as well as the fact that she just kind of pops up now. She did it in Shazam 2. She did it in... Flash. Well, I'm trying to get rid of I'm trying to flush that out of my brain. <laughs> she she turned up in the flight. And it's just like, and obviously Wonder Woman 84, which is... Less said about that, the better. Yeah. It's, like it's completely different, and she somehow ruined herself. But that first Wonder Woman movie, not only does it, not only is it great, except for the CGI fight fest at the end, but it also fits into the the tone and the story of the Snyder trilogy as well. Um, so that's really good. I have already said my favorite origin, and it is my favorite of the Christopher Nolan movies, and that's Batman Begins. Um, as much as I dislike Christian Bale as Batman, I do really, really like the Batman Begins movie um, because it has, it did what the other films before it hadn't. And that's include Katie Holmes. And Liam Neeson. Very true. Um, and like really dived into like the ninja part of his, the ninja part of his past and shown those kind of early days as in becoming Batman. Um, of course, you've got the stuff with Morgan Freeman and you've got uh, Michael Caine um, and obviously Killian Murphy as Scarecrow, I think was the perfect, the perfect semi-villain for the for the first outing uh, with fear gas and everything. So it really like accentuated the whole point of the film, which was, you know, he was to, to intimidate by fear and all that kind of stuff. So. I also really like his Batman Begins costume, even though it's very, very chunky around the very, very chunky around the neck. But it's really good. You've got like the first Batmobile chase across the city, um, and then all the ending. It doesn't devolve into like an, a big CGI fight or CGI showdown or anything like that. It still plays it pretty fun and plays it pretty smart. Um, and then obviously it's, you've got the Joker tease at the end, and I really love that movie. Everything about that movie is fantastic and. Yes, while a lot of people do like The Dark Knight more, I think as an origin movie, Batman Begins is, is as uh, Ryan Gosling would say, sublime. So Yeah, I think people don't... It's quite understated how important that movie was to Batman, that I think, because after the Joel Schumacher movies, and even to a certain extent, the Tim Burton ones and the 60s Batman cartoon, I feel like it was almost forgotten like how Im- impressive a serious and down-to-earth Batman can be. So that movie could have very gone very well gone one or two ways. So I think it it was the best possible introduction to that version of the character. So I agree with that. Um, Katie Holmes, no notes, just wonderful. What a woman. No notes. I think it wonderful. also showed a really good Bruce Wayne because it's shown him be go from that the, the lost person, like Christian Bale trying to act young by putting the hair down on his face, um, but trying to like that lost younger person who kind of finds himself and then realises he has to play that dual role. And like the first kind you, first time you kind of see him, he, he's very much American Psycho um, in his Bruce Wayne portray- portrayal, which I think is very, very purposeful. 
um, as to how he got cast in that role. But yeah, I mean, Batman Begins is, it is a great, it's a great movie. And so is Wonder Woman, to be fair. I like, I like both of them. But I yeah. think Batman movies, you kind of have to, if you're going to redo it, you've got to fully reinvent it. Like Burton reinvented Batman from the 60s and Bale reinvented Batman from Burton. Well, Clooney at this point. Rest in peace, Clooney. Um, you know, and while Zack Snyder didn't really reinvent Batman, he put a new twist on it, and now Robert Pattinson's put a new twist. So the next iteration's really got to put a new twist on it as well. Yeah, which it looks like James Gunn's doing the Batman and Robin with Damian Wayne. So that'll be a completely different dynamic altogether. So it'll be interesting to see what goes down there. I do think with Batman Begins, it is hurt by how well-received The Dark Knight was. It seems like it's been almost underrated because of The Dark Knight's success afterwards. But, um, yeah, it's a good choice for Best Origin Story. I don't think there's many left on the table we could have had at this point. In terms of origin story, no, all the rest of mine were taken. <laughs> and I never picked Supergirl. No, well, it's uh, down to you for a new category. I'm going to go... Oh, fuck. I've won with one thing in it, and I've already used it. Piss! I'm going to go best opening, and I'm going to go... I'm going to be really cheeky. And I'm... Oh, shit. Go on, go on. No, 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 no. Right, go on. I actually don't know what you're getting. I don't know what you could be picking. Oh, wait, what could you... I'm more interested in what you could be picking. What could you... Well, you just said cheeky, so it gave me an inclination. What are you going with? <laughs> it's technically a DC movie. Shit! <laughs> no, go on. And I said DC superheroes, and they're technically DC superheroes in the multiverse. So best opening, I'm going Watchmen. Is that what you had? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> well, do you know, I actually forgot I had it originally. I had Watchmen for Villain and I completely forgot. <laughs> and it wasn't until we like 20 minutes later we were talking, it just like a light bulb made. I was like, shit. If you Watchmen. If you'd have took Watchmen off the table for best opening, I would have been. Fucking... That was the plan. <laughs> You, I don't know what last last time we did this. You looked annoyed. Today you look actually fucking angry. I'm just devastated. I think that is. I mean, as far as openings go, that is a fantastic one. So great opening, and you've got well, you've got like Rorschach doing the opening investigation, and it's oh no, it's him being chucked out the window and everything, isn't it? And you've got the comedian being chucked out the window, yeah. And it's you've got you've got Rorschach then looking into it, and then the iconic button badge with the blood drop on it. Um, and then moves into the best, one of the best opening credit sequences. And it's like going through history, but with like the superheroes, like with the com the comedian shooting JFK. And one of my favourite shots in that slow-mo opening to uh, The Times Are Changing by Bob Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. And it's where the girl puts the flower in the gun and then it kind of pans away. She walks away and you see all the gunshots and the petals disperse and... You know all of all of that, like um, Night Owl, the original Night Owl saving the Waynes as they're coming out of the theater, and all all that kind of stuff. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, Watchmen is. I don't count it as my favorite. I shouldn't say that because we're doing a DC podcast. 
But I don't count as my favorite DC movie because obviously Man of Steel is more more DC, but Watchmen is is in my top. Probably, it might even be number one favorite superhero movie of all time or comic book movie of all time. Um, and the opening lends itself that it sets the tone. It, it shows you that stylistically it is going to follow quite close to the comic. Um, it's literally frame for frame at the beginning. Um, it establishes the characters and how great the comedian and, and uh, Rorschach were portrayed. But like, uh, I want to say Jackie Earl Haley, I think his name is. Yeah, he played Rorschach. Fucking perfect casting. And it shows right in the beginning. Um yeah, if you've not, if anybody who's listening hasn't seen Watchmen, it's a hundred percent. It's a it's a big movie. It's a long, especially if you watch the the definitive version, the director's cut. It's a long movie. Well, it's a Snyder movie, so it's going to be long. It's not a cheerful movie, but it Definitely is not. a fantastic movie, um, and it is definitely the best opening. So. Good luck with that one. Why don't you have the, the Flash saving babies and putting them in microwave? Microwave babies, yeah. Good shout, actually. I might. No, That's I agree. On par with Watchmen, I think. <laughs> Fuck you. So, originally, I had... My plan was to take Ozymandias as the best villain because I think he is... Yeah. Still to this day, one of my favourite ever villains in anything. The fact he wins, the speech he gives. Um, I read the before Watchmen comic book on him and his whole backstory. I love it all. And just that iconic line where they say we're going to stop him, he says, well, this isn't some comic book movie. I started it 20 minutes ago or something like that. It's so good. And because of that, I originally had him for a villain, forgot. And then when we were talking, I had him, I was thinking in my head, right, I forgot Azimandias. I'll go best ending because he wins at the end and it's all doom and gloom. Dr. Manhattan destroys Rorschach. And then I changed my mind again. I was like, actually, that open is iconic. And then as soon as he said, I'm going to be cheeky, I was like, shit. <laughs> because it is a DC movie, because even if there was any doubt, they ended up doing the Doomsday uh, Clock series where the Watchmen characters and the DC characters met and the whole interaction there. And that was a 12-issue series, which culminated in Doctor Manhattan and Superman meeting. So I, I class them as DC heroes. So that is a fucking unbelievable choice. It's fine. it's fine. Keep stalling, mate. Oh, I'm going with James Gunn's The Suicide Squad because I think that opening where we see the characters and we get to learn that Captain Boomerang's back, we get Pete Davidson's character, I can't even remember his name, and there was just that, that group on the ship preparing for the battle, and then we watched almost every single one of them just get their heads blown to bits and murdered, and it was like, oh, this is a this really is a Suicide Squad movie, because the first one, while that was in the title, the stakes weren't really that high. Apart from, I think, El Diablo, I think he was called, played by Jay Hernandez, the fire guy. No one else really... Oh. Bit the dust, whereas in this, I he told you immediately. Slipknot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no one cared about it. That yeah. was weird. Do you know the one that wasn't in any of the posters or any of the trailers? And like, he's a part of the crew too. Like, is he? Yeah, but um, I think immediately getting introduced to these guys, and including Captain Boomerang in that group who were killed at the beginning, it it showed you where James Gunn was taking it. It was like, okay, actually, no, no one is safe this time. And we saw that throughout. And I think that was the perfect way to kick off this version of the group. And it led to a really fucking enjoyable movie, which didn't do quite as well as it probably should have done at the box office. But I think that's because of the stink that the last one left on it. 
But I really liked that film. And I think that opening was really effective. So that's what I'm going with. Also set to uh, People Who Died, which is a fantastic song as well. I need to stop saying fantastic, but it's a great It's a great. It's not phenomenal. It's not phenomenal. Well, if it's not phenomenal, it's fantastic. That's uh, that's where I landed my descriptor of things. But a great, it's a great song, and it was such a such a great way to. Uh, I agree. Open the movie. Right. Your turn. But it's no Watchmen, is it? No, not at all. I I was I panicked for a second because I thought you'd taken something off my list, but it's fine. I actually think Watchmen was the best opening you could have picked there. I sat, maybe. The second closest might have been the Dark Knight bank heist, but the Watchmen opening, I think, is probably the best of almost any superhero movie ever. So that's devastating. Motherfucker. <laughs> you can see the pain in your eyes. <laughs> All right. Uh, what have we got left? Uh, I'm going to go best ending, okay. and I'm going to say The Dark Knight Rises, because I think... Really? The way, yeah, the fight scene is disappointing, oh, but I think afterwards we're... Bruce appears to sacrifice himself and then Michael Caine um, runs into him, I think the same France and he's just retiring because obviously it's a callback to a conversation they had earlier in the movie and he's sat just enjoying the good life with Trillia Kyle which I mean we all wish we could do that um, and then just seeing Michael, because they don't even talk it's just the little nod and things like that um, I think it was a nice way to close the book on that version of the character and it was nice to see Batman get a happy ending for once because it just feels like the character's all doom and gloom most of the time and he's just straight up miserable. Um I don't really like the robbing stuff. But that's a really guttural laugh there. Yeah, the oh what, what is it by your your first, middle name or we someone like that, yeah. Robin. My yeah. But um I think the just the, just seeing uh, Bruce Wayne get that ending. It was just a nice change of pace, and it could because it was a call out some early in the movie. I think it works quite nicely. It's probably not in my top five best DC endings, but everything else is off the table at this point. So I'm just clutching at straws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like the Dark Knight Rises ending. There's a lot of the film that I do like, but the ending for me is just like it kind of makes sense for that character, but. Um... It just feels like a cop out ending for me. Like, oh, you're gonna pass the bat on, but not really explicitly say it or have any kind of lead into it. It all felt very rushed and all felt very changed last minute. Um, and the, I would have preferred if Alfred looked over and he saw somebody that looked like Bruce Wayne, but it never actually confirmed it. I would have preferred that kind of ambiguous, kind of like inception type ending where it was. A little less, but I bet I bet at some point somebody said, "No, you've got to show him." For fuck's sake, man! Okay, I'll show him. Yeah, I suppose if they left it unclear whether he survived or not, and the general consensus was he died doing it, it would have been a much more impactful ending, I think. Yeah, and I think if you'd shown actual, actually, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as not even as Batman, but as like Nightwing or something, like actually. Maybe end the film with him stopping his first crime or something, or I don't know how you I don't know how you can improve it because you kind of need to show him at the end. But I think if you leave it ambiguous, all maybe they get his happy ending. You can kind of like imagine your own story, but to me, it just kind of feels like Bruce Wayne's gone. Eh, fuck crime! I'm going to go eat crepes in Paris. So it's yeah. kind of like, uh... also it'd be like 
so that police officer, Joseph Robin, I fucking hate it. Uh, you've really, you've really annoyed me with this pick, right? Like, he's not that great of a police officer. And the whole, I figured it out because she came to a children's hospital once. It's like, oh, fucking come on. Like, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. Because he figured that out, it doesn't mean he can be Batman. Like, you have years of ninja training, you're down the first day of the job, man. <laughs> it would have been, I don't know, like a reformed Bane or something becoming Batman. Would probably, I would probably would have taken that. Like, I would have got rid of that terrible fucking death. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. I just realised I should have taken this to someone else. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, they, for some reason, I don't think the DC one's playing as well as Marvel. <laughs> it's just a lot tougher, I think. There's so much less quality to choose from. Yeah. Uh, cool. Ending. <laughs> I don't know. Can I say the Flash for when it ended? I really <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Flash when credits start to roll. <laughs> I actually don't know. Because there's one I want to pick, but I'm saving it because I actually can't use it anywhere else. I really just want to pick the Flash's credit scenes <laughs> because when that movie was over it was the biggest relief of my life that I didn't have to sit and watch that shit anymore I mean there's not much else to choose from right now no there's not and that's what's hard about it I'm really trying to I'm really trying to think of all the, the DC movies that are flashing through my mind looking around at my bloody Blu-rays thinking I've only picked it because I've only I've only bought the good ones. Um, wait, how many categories have we got left? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've got this one. This one. Oh, fuck, I can't use that. <clears throat> fuck it, I'm gonna go. Man, there's no good ones. You picked it only last somewhat. Even that's not good. That's a stretch. Oh, this makes for good listening. This does. <laughs> Watching. Oh, so, why did all the D? De- oh, I could pick Green Lantern for when that ended. That was good when it ended. <laughs> Thought there's just no good. I bet there's one glaring one that I'm just not thinking of, but I'm going to go, not that I can really remember it, I'm going to go Shazam. First Shazam? Yeah, the first Shazam, not the second one, where just Wonder Woman just randomly turns up again. Yeah, that um, was weird. But, yeah, the first Shazam, when they have the like the showdown, the family, the family turn into multiple Shazams too, I think that's a nice little payoff to the to the found family aspect of... of that movie uh, I'm trying to remember it and praise it at the same time fucking DC <laughs> um, and I actually quite like the first Shazam movie it's actually pretty decent um, and that kind of promise of well, now we're going to get a Shazam family wasn't really lived up to in the sequel it became more of a comedy thing um, but yeah I've got nothing else to say about it because I don't really care. 
if I'm being, <laughs> if I'm being honest, because I've saved my last two good picks, which I'm hoping you don't fucking pick. I mean, you get to go next, so oh, yes. So we'll just move on from ending because fuck that. <laughs> good picks. Oh no, in for that when that ended as well. Yeah. Basically, I could probably pick more films that have bad endings, and I was glad they were over than DC films that have good endings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which are you which are you more than which are you most likely to not pick? I see. Now now we're scraping because I've saved managed to save good ones till the end, and now we're scraping, so I've got to play tactical. I'm gonna go best. Fist pump moment. And I'm going to represent my boy, Zack Snyder, in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And it's when, um, I thought, what's his name? He's swinging the hammer down. He's about to knock the fucking, knock fucking cyborg out. And Superman just appears and it, it grabs, like, lands right on his chest. It does no fucking damage whatsoever. It's, oh, I remember watching it. I, a lot of the Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. I knew about beforehand going in because obviously he spoke about it for years and he's been trying to get it made for years and he's it's become this cult so every little detail's kind of seeped out but even knowing that's what happens I fucking wet myself in the best way possible because it's such a, and it's literally the smallest moment but it, it's him just appearing landing and it happens so much better than it does in that other silly virgin um and just doing absolutely with the black and with the black and silver suit and the fucking cape having the recoil from it so it kind of bounces off oh perfection and if i weren't going to pick that it my other pick would have come from zack snyder's justice league as well when the flash runs back in time and like the ground is forming under his feet and the electric and everything and like time's almost being created or being destroyed as he's running forward or back in time not some weird like zoetrope carousel merry-go-round shit that happens in the later movie but yeah Zack Snyder's Justice League has so much stuff in it that I could have put for a fist pump moment but I'm going to go when Superman turns up at the end and uh and just does doesn't do anything just stands there and that's enough to get give me a raging hard on yeah so, and me He's preaching to the right choir. That guy just showing up is enough for me. Um, which is similarly, this hasn't aged well, but I'm clutching at straws. So my fist pump moment was the end of Black Adam when Superman shows up. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, could have had um there's a, a good one would have been Wonder Woman showing up in Batman versus Superman. I don't think there's been too many instances though where I think there are some fist pump moments, but that moment at the end of Black Adam was the highlight of the movie and I remember coming out and that was all anyone was really talking about and it it had me excited it obviously quickly meant nothing and they wasted no time ruining it by telling us he weren't coming back it was literally like weeks later I think they decided he wasn't coming back so it was a complete waste of it Two two weeks later but I think for that brief moment the inkling that Henry Cavill was coming back it was enough to get me cheering it somehow. So, and I remember even when I was working and I go into do the screen, I'd go into clean the screens and I wait at the end. And when the end credits team came on, and you'd hear all the excited murmurs when he showed up, and it's like people wanted it and everyone was pumped up about it. So I think, despite the fact it's aged like milk, I think that was a good 
difficult <laughs> moment for me. Yeah. I think it didn't help that The Rock, in all his egotistical fucking failures, like, he couldn't shut up talking about him coming back. So it did kind of ruin, but it was that like anticipation of this is the, I, I think that's actually, uh, not I think, I 100% know for definite, and I say this with 100% confidence, I only went to see that movie to see if Henry Cavill was back. I My, my mate is Damon, uh, is a massive DC fan, huge, huge DC fan, and it is the best point of my life when I get to talk shit about DC to him because he takes it so personally, bless him. If you're listening, Dace, uh, Damon, the flash was shit. Um, no, no. But, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I take him to watch all the DC movies and... Oh, God, I've got to do Blue Beetle next. But um, like going to watch Black Adam was a pain and torture just because I knew it, that was going to come at the end. I knew it was going to happen. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a highlight. I wouldn't say it was a fist pump because it was immediately slapped in the face by going, yeah, well, actually, fuck you, Cavill. You've, you've been done dirty again. Um, but, but yeah, good choice. In the Sorry. moment, it was a fist pump. It just is yeah, terribly. Yeah, to be fair, in the moment, yeah, I did get excited, but we all scrape him. So I feel like that's yeah. what everyone was talking about coming out of that film as well. Yeah, it, it, the sentences usually went, that film was terrible, but at least we got Henry Cavill back. Yeah, and I think for me it was, at least Henry Cavill's coming back. I hope The Rock doesn't <laughs> make sure he beats him. <laughs> yeah. But, the, Rock, the Rock just played The Rock in Black Spandex. Yeah. Well, we're in the last category now, then, are we? Yeah, and it's you going first. I'm honestly terrified because if you pick it, I'm going to fucking cry. And it's the best fight scene, right? Oh. Don't, because I've literally, I, if you if you pick the one that I've got, I've, I've got nothing. And I might just Yeah, go. I've and got you... just the one in my head. And I don't know it'll be the same that you've got. But I am going with... Birds of Prey. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, this feels good. It feels good no. for this one to go another foot for a change. This is what we like. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, the Birds of Prey showdown when they all work together in that weird wacky tower thing and there's the whole slides and just seeing like the Black Canary going around and Huntress. I think it was so much fun and Harley Quinn and the giant hammer and stuff. It wouldn't have been one of my first choices, but towards the end, this is really the only one I can think of that's actually got a really impressive fight scene. So I'm glad I got there before you. Suck that, motherfucker. I don't even have any fucking words for you. Not nice, is it? Fucking living. After you did it twice. You've made me so angry that the first thing I did is... I didn't even listen to a fucking word you said. But I'm on Google trying to search DC movies and watch one they haven't picked because there's no fucking way... There's no fucking way. I can't believe you. I'm so angry right now. But I wouldn't have picked that fight. I would have Which picked... Um, I would have picked... Oh, I hate you. I hate you so much. I would have picked the um, Harley Quinn in the police evidence locker. Or the whole police. When, she's, when the sprinklers are going off and she's fighting in the, in the rain, so to speak. Fucking that. That was a good one. Whenever anybody says to me, I don't really like Birds of Prey or whatever, I think, are you fucking mad? It's the best parts of, like, The Suicide Squad and 
um, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I think people just didn't like it because they don't like women-led action movies at this point. But I think that film was fantastic. I think the entire cast did great. And I really want to see Black Canary again. I thought she was wonderful. Yeah, I like Black Canary in that movie. Can we just... I also think Ewan McGregor was sick. Yeah, Black Mask was great in that movie. It was like the proper... I mean, I understand some of what people are saying, like, oh, they had to force the misogyny on him. But I don't think so. Like, he was great. And he was yeah. perfect. But let's you say see. that though, like that's what made him irredeemable. Like the guy was like into slaying yeah. families and stuff. Like just because he don't like women, that's a bit like, oh, we don't like these like this. He's a piece of shit anyway. He is a piece of shit. Let's keep talking. No, no, no. I'm putting you on spot. Oh, now. No, oh no, we've got much more we can discuss <laughs> with um Birds of Prey, I'm sure. Oh, oh. Hate you. Um, Can you think of any others? <laughs> I've not. I've got a few films in my head that you could pick from. Oh. It's hard though because I think this is where I should have gone with um, the Dark Knight Rises for that Bane Batman fight scene. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been great. That would have been really good. That would have been really good if you did that. Really, really good. Because it meant you could have had yours, but no man. I want to say Constantine, but I can't remember anything in that movie. I need to rewatch it. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, I actually didn't see this one online. It's literally just popped in my head. But again, cheeky, because it's not. I'm classing it because I can't think of anything else. And if you say no, I don't care. But I'm going to go the introduction of V. From V for Vendetta, when um, Natalie Portman's in the alleyway and he comes in with the sigh and uh, takes the people that have followed her out in the alleyway. A great introduction to the character, uh, really dark, uh, really dark alleyway. And it just kind of, it's got the introduction to that, that obviously iconic for some very different reasons in modern times, but they're very, very iconic, uh, iconic mask. Um, I love V for Vendetta, it's a fantastic movie. There we go. Fantastic again. It's a fantastic movie, and um, I love that introduction of his character. Um, but again, I'm, I'm scraping. Fuck you, DC. You've done us so dirty. Why do we pick DC? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've never actually seen V for Vendetta, so I didn't even know yeah. that was a DC movie. Okay, well, we'll scrap off um, whatever film we was going to watch next, and we'll just watch V for Vendetta. Do you know what's sure. interesting, though? Because that's the end of our categories um and we've completed that there so do you want to just quickly read each person's out starting with yours and then go to mine and, and then we'll pick i'll pick up on some that we actually somehow missed out how i can't imagine <laughs> green lantern getting a getting a shout out anyway no not at all great so best score we did i picked superman um the christopher reeve original uh, and you picked uh, 1989 batman uh, best sequel, you picked The Dark Knight, obviously, and I picked Batman Returns. Uh, best villain, I picked The Riddler from The Batman, and you picked Zod from Superman 2, even though I wish now that I'd picked... Oh, thank God. 
for a second there, I thought I hadn't picked Man of Steel, and I've just gone for this whole thing without picking Man of Steel, but I did. Uh, villain, you picked Zod from Superman 2. Uh, main character, uh, you did Chris Reeve, Superman from Superman 3, because you had to. And I picked um, uh, Henry Cavill's Superman, which, I mean, I could have picked. I could have just done Justice League for that. Justice no, League. that was a terrible version, though. What? It was You're going to go with Cavill with the weird tash? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I would never do that to my boy. Um, best costume, I picked uh, Batman uh, from Batman vs Superman, the the leather one, not the armoured one. The, the armoured one is fucking cool. Uh, you picked the golden green Aquaman from the ending. Did it, uh, the best origin, you went Wonder Woman, and I went um, the more superior choice, Batman Begins. Did you say something? Opening, I mean, it was, I picked Watchmen, nothing else really mattered, but you picked Suicide Squad anyway. <laughs> Uh, best ending you went Dark Knight Rises for some unknown reason and I scraped the barrel with Shazam oh yeah because that was an incredible a memorable ending <laughs> can you even remember it no no me neither I think, I, I think I bullshitted through most of that bit uh, fist pump moment uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League when Superman turned up um, I would have also thrown in the Flash's uh, time travel moment but you went um, Superman turning up from Black Adam and then fight, you did the ending fight from Birds of Prey, which really upset me. And I did V's introduction in V for Vendetta. So what could have we have possibly missed? Joker. I don't like Joker. No, but when you think about how much money it made and how big a deal it was at the time, it's surprising that we didn't find it. We didn't f- figure it out for anything. What could you have used him for, though? Best villain. Origin story, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, origin story would have been a good shout for Joker. To be fair, there's obviously that there's that it. fight scene when he first turns mad on the train or subway. I can't remember. And he takes on the gang and he ends up killing them, which he could have uh, used. Yeah, that's true. Well, and at the beginning, I framed it when I spoke when we, when I spoke about this. I said we were doing DC cinematic releases, and I framed it like that because originally, if I could find a space for it, I was going to try sneaking Mask of Phantasm. Yeah, but. I couldn't really find it. I don't know where I'd put it. I don't know, mate. That came out in cinema, so you could have used it. Yeah. I did, I, I, I did intend. That's why I framed it, like, by saying cinema releases. Oh. I've got it there. We didn't use Lego Batman. I could have used Lego Batman. Ah! That's true. I would have done, used. The, I would have done the, either the end fight or the opening fight when they're all in the fucking cars and he's singing, I'm Batman. Ah... I'm so, used, um, I'm so angry with myself. Could you use Teen Titans Go to the movies? You could have done. Oh, that's got a fantastic moment where they try and set the timeline right and they fucking kill Batman's parents <laughs> and fucking blow up, blow up Krypton. What a movie. Oh. Um, I don't know anything else. Superman Quest for Pace. We could have used Green Lantern. We could have used the Suicide Squad. Uh, no, yeah. Suicide Squad. We could have used Flash. Shazam 2. Which one? Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. Could have used that. 1984, we could have used Supergirl, all these fantastic movies. Batman and Robin, I can't believe we left that on the table. I can't believe it, yeah. It's a good point. Well, I think, to be fair... <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway... Two more okay lists there, all things considered. I think we managed to dig dig in deep. <laughs> oh, God. We were clutching at straws towards the end, but I think for the most part, there's some solid lists there. I think I'm pretty confident in saying this might be our worst episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, quality-wise, maybe. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of another one. 
Um, we'll quickly tell you guys where you can find us. So you can find me on Twitter slash X. I'm still not quite sure how it works. Um, at Callum Altimus, where I usually talk about football. The Blackburn Rovers season's back, still undefeated. We're going strong. And I also sometimes share my articles that I write on there for Give Me Sport. And I'm also in the middle of writing two for Into Fandom, one for... Alfred Hitchcock's 124th birthday, which was yesterday. I'm doing a piece on his five most underrated movies. And I'm doing one because the day this comes out, Thursday, will be the 80th birthday for uh, Mr. Robert De Niro. So I'm also in the middle of writing his, about his five best performances. So I'll share them on my Twitter when they're out. But you can also find me on Letterboxd at Caltimus where I watch way too many films and share some controversial opinions, according to you, about certain The Mummy. Oh, that angered me so... Like, I'm glad you brought it up, because I would have forgotten. Who the fuck do you think you're giving The Mummy three stars? The Mummy, three stars. Callum, Callum, Callum. Oh, yeah. It aged a bit worse than I remembered it. What? Yeah, I loved it as a kid. Now we watched it and I was like, this bitch of this there a bit tragic. Although it's still genuinely fucking terrifying. The whole bit with the scarab beetles and that really creeps me out even now. Like watching them go, and that bit at the end with Benny when they start running towards him. That's the worst possible death anyone could ever suffer, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, where can we find you, sir? Sitting in a corner crying. <laughs> uh, on Twitter slash X at nay underscore 214, where I will literally just share whatever the fuck I find, mainly Star Wars stuff, pretty much. Um, I don't do fancy articles. I'm just, I'm just Nathan. I'm just Ken. Hey, you're backing <laughs> off. Or um, on Letterboxd, where I am at Nay214, where I, again, share some controversial opinions and uh, just watch probably way too many movies as well. Though I have slowed down a little bit. I really need to get back on top of it. I'm watching too many. I passed 250 last week. What? For the year. Yeah. Well, the thing is, with Letterboxd, I only log movies like that I've watched for, I don't know if we said it on this before that I've watched for the first time since having Letterboxd so I will watch other films but I won't log them a second time hmm. see I yeah. log them every time because I want to see how many times I've watched Match the Future in the space of six months yeah, I'd like I to have that on the record I'll go back and edit the score and like if I think it's gone higher but I won't re-log it I'll just edit the score I just want to see how many films I've watched rather than how many times I've watched them which is well since having Letterboxd um, where else? I have got two TikToks now. So if you want to follow me on nayh underscore 214, I'm starting doing TikTok. It's all vinyl related for the moment. So I'm, pr- I'm I think the kids will call me an influencer, Kel, if I'm being perfectly honest. I'm sure they will, <laughs> as well as well as many other things. Yeah, they call me many things. <laughs> but uh, if you guys are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon podcast i think i've got it on now or the samsung app samsung. No, we're not on amazon i don't know we are we're on amazon oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. we're on big things now don't worry about that we are blowing up we're reaching tens of people now oh but um yeah if you're listening to us on one of those feel free to head over to the youtube channel so you can stare at these gorgeous faces at the same time and you can just watch like 
the despair leave our eyes when we realise movies we wanted to pick are no longer available. It's a couple of good reactions, I think. Head in hands quite a few times. Um, but yeah, that's at the Cinematch podcast. And if you do head over there, please remember to like and subscribe to the channel. Vice versa, if you're watching this on YouTube, we are also on all those other podcast platforms. So again, at the Cinematch podcast, feel free to head over to those and check us out again there. The next week's episode is currently planned we know what we're doing but we we'll keep it a secret for the now so when okay. can we find out what we're doing mr hannah uh keep an eye on instagram facebook twitter slash x and look at the stories because that's when the teasers will come in so tease first and then announcements the day after we post pretty much every day next week's i think it's going to be an interesting one yeah so the films oh sorry, sorry, sorry. cheesy films Two classics, I would say. I would definitely say the two classics. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you can remember, if you can remember what we've got planned for the end of the month, for different, like we've we've now got regular verses. Uh, we've got Carrie Carnage, which we've done twice now. One to great success, and one to this one. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but we've got another type of episode coming up at the end of the month that i'm really excited to try out as well yeah um, keep an eye out on our socials for that yeah and uh with that one i'm still not quite sure that i know how it works so i'll leave you the honor <laughs> to explain that one to the viewers when it comes I'll, to it i will leave that one excellent but, um yeah thanks for listening guys and we will see you again next week peace out flash sucks <laughs>